If you're GMing all the time, then you're playing it wrong. Well, you're not even playing at all. Welcome to Playing It Wrong. Podcast about RPGs, fun, food, more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. And welcome to episode 8, season 4 of Playing It Wrong. Yeah, man, I mean, ain't that true? Sometimes you just get stuck in the DM seat, and, well, you never can quite get out. But it's fun when you can, but more on that later, because it's been a busy weekend. I got the puppies here, and I'm starving because, well, there's a Mardi Gras-themed potluck. That means mini muffle lettuce. That's right. We're doing muffle lettuce sliders at the house for uh, the potluck on Wednesday, and we're having chicken fried steak tonight. See, I did put a food plug in there. I do that occasionally. But, yeah, um, yeah, not being in that DM seat, well... That goes to this week's session summary. I'm not going to do the bumper because, like I said, I'm running behind. And, well, let's do this. All right. So, our regular 5e game this week was canceled because the DM was under the weather. And that same DM next month, that is March, is going to be gone for three weeks of March. And we have not yet come up with a plan B, which we did on Thursday night when one player said, you know what? I want to play. Actually, not I want to play. I want to run Dungeon Crawl Classics. And I was like... Oh, that's cool. Let's do, let's do Dungeon Crawl Classics. That'd be great. And then I realized I finally get to play Dungeon Crawl Classics and not run it. So since this was totally improv and off the top, the um, <clears throat> Game Master, I'm sorry, and I guess it's a judge in Dungeon Crawl Classics, whatever, DM, GM, judge, whatever, referee, I don't know, the guy running it. Totally improv. We went through Portal of the Stars. It's in the back of the basic book. And we printed off some sheets at the friendly local gaming store and rolled up some zero levels. Let me tell you about my zero levels. Yes, this is let me tell you about my character episode. Oh, there's some meat coming on later. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> my zero four, my uh, four zero levels I had were Stimpy, Jojo, and they really didn't have that much that really kind of stuck with me, other than they were pretty much typical zero level characters. But there were two that stuck with me. One was Suicide Bob. This character had intelligence of four and an agility, i.e. dexterity, of four. That's right, you do 3d6 in order. So we have Suicide Bob. But then when Suicide Bob came up for the occupation engine called Classics, he was a noble, so he became Lord Bob of Suicide. And as he eventually survived, yes, he did survive the funnel with the four intelligence and four agility. <clears throat> he became Lord Bob of Suicide Swade. Sorry, Lord Bob of sous vide suede. Yes, I got another food reference in there for you. However, my other character is the one that I'm actually playing because doing 3d6 order and I roll a 17 for intelligence, hell yes, I'm playing a magic user. It's like, I am protecting this character if I have to throw my other ones in front of it as meat shields, which I kind of did because, hey, you get that combo with a good... I have a good strength and a good stamina. I am a first-level magic user by the time we were done with eight hit points, which is good no matter whatever system you're doing. Problem is, I did not have a name for this guy. So I just kind of went through most of the session. I just put a question mark under name. Yeah, it's the mysterious guy. Mysterious guy. Mysterio. <gasps> Mysterio. Yes, he is Mysterio the Mage. He survived. So he's going to be my primary. Got a good loadout of spells. Got magic missile, color spray, read magic, force manipulation, which is all pretty good first-level spells. No matter what system you're doing, but if it's Dungeon Crawl, Dungeon Crawl Classics, excuse me, it is going to be fun anyway. So we are going to be doing that. 
Golly knows what uh, adventures we're type playing. We've got an elf, a fighter. You know, we got an elf, a thief. And, well, I have an elf and a thief because we were short on people. So, yeah, it's just three of us in the DM. So that, for our gaming group, um, we consider three players a quorum. <clears throat> so it's like, yeah, we start when people get there at the friendly labor, at the friendly store. Once there's three players in the game master, we start. If you're running late, you just come on in. That was my adventure this week. Next, uh, coming up this week on Thursday, it's Back to the Blight. Yes, they're finally getting to the meat of it, and they're really enjoying it. And this kind of gets me to the meat of this episode. What I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to talk about is the best campaign ever, the campaign you're excited about. I did a whole episode on this a long, long time ago, and I think season one, and I stick by it. It's my form of gamer ADD because the coolest campaign ever is the next one. Even if I'm in the midst of one that I'm enjoying the hell out of, I start getting the ideas for the next one. And there are two ideas that have stuck in my head, so it's going to be one of those. What these two have in common is Call of Cthulhu. Well, but maybe not with Call of Cthulhu. Because I've had one idea for a long time. Because I'm also a Savage Worlds fan, so I was thinking about Savage Worlds. I've got the old, if you look it up, Pirates of the Spanish Main, which is basically a pirate version. I have Realms of Cthulhu, which is Cthulhu for um, <clears throat> Savage Worlds. And I have uh, the Solomon Kane, which it's Robert E. Howard. It just, it's like frosting on that whole cake. Now, putting those three together would be a wild freaking game. So we got Pirates versus Cthulhu. But, and it's hitting the sweet spot of about where I want to go for, I kind of want the mortal versus mortal combat to be sort of pulpy and cinematic, but I want the players to go, oh crap, when the uh, monsters show up. So, yeah, that's the other idea. That's the main idea. And this philosophy is still the same on my second idea, because I've been listening to a new podcast, and it's been on my radar, not necessarily the podcast, but the product of Down Darker Trails, which is Cowboys and Cthulhu. And I'm approaching it with the same idea, mortal versus mortal combat, kind of pulpy and cinematic, but when the monsters come out, oh crap. So, I love Savage Worlds, I really do. And it's really good for a lot of things. But deep down in my gut, it was always just not quite right. Now, I could go with regular Call of Cthulhu, or hack some Delta Green, or Mithras, or one of the, the D100 systems. But the Mortal versus Mortal gets really deadly quick. And then I start thinking, what do I have sitting on my shelf? What do I have sitting on my hard drive? Think, 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 think. You know, one of the things I was looking at systems, I was looking for rules efficient. I don't, you know, sometimes when you say rules light, that means something different. For me, rules efficient means pretty much the way we all of the old school games are enough rules to get the things going to have a framework that you can make judgment calls as you're going. Another thing I was looking at for system is I didn't want to do a class and level system because I wanted something different than, especially with a different feel than, you know, good old D&D &D class plus level blah blah blah, which is not saying it's bad, it's just not right for what I'm thinking for this campaign. <clears throat> so, what did come to my mind finally this morning? I just had this kind of epiphany, and no, it wasn't frickin' fate. No, stop, no, no, I've tried fate, no, no likey, no likey, no likey, no likey. But I could do a whole episode and probably get lots of hate mail if I did a 
why I don't like fate. But anyway, I just don't, you know, your mileage may vary. I don't care. I just didn't like it. But I have many six by anti-paladin games. In case you want to know, that's kind of a streamlined version of the open D6. Most famous for, of course, the Star Wars role-playing game. And this came together in my mind because this morning I was thinking, okay, cinematic, everything Star Wars cinematic. And they're like, okay, here's how I can apply this, my whole idea of mortal versus mortal cinematic. Because Star Wars, the player characters can mow through the stormtroopers. So for this, when the monsters show up, the player characters are going to be the stormtroopers. That's all I got to do. Mini 6 is a good generic system. Um, it's free online. Just look up Any Paladin Games. It's available on drive-thru. It's very streamlined compared to a lot of the D6s, so it's a little rules lighter and might take some tweaking. And it's open game license, so if this is what comes out really neat, I might put it on drive-thru. I don't know. But I could do it with either cowboys or with pirates. Yes, pirates and cowboys. Do it with pirates and cowboys, but pirates and cowboys at the same time. Those are the two campaigns that I'm bouncing on around in my mind. So I'm going to say this out to you, gentle listeners. All right, I said this. So my basic choices of thinking about doing this are original Call of Cthulhu slash even I kind of like the Delta Green a little and like early editions of Call of Cthulhu better than the most recent version. Kind of like those a little better. I just for me, they just fit better in my little grognard mind. Or should I say, screw it and go just Savage Worlds, do that. I've got the horse up, and I've got, you know, I've got all the books I need to just like kind of put it together. Just need to put some, put some glue between the two. <clears throat> or hell with it, do the mini six, do something a little different, fun, light. Uh, what do you think? Hey, leave a comment on the blog. Hey, if you're subscribed through Anchor, guess what? You can just leave me a voicemail too. Oh wait, I just forgot. I got voicemails, too. Hey, Chuck. Steve C. here, Dice Roll Zine. Just wanted to send you a quick message. Just listen to your podcast, Episode 7, Steve the Paladin and the difference, uh, old school difference and new school difference. Dude, uh, thank you for the shout-out uh, about Dice Roll Zine on Kickstarter, firstly. And secondly... Man, uh, I couldn't describe it better, the difference between old school and new school. Old school going out and adventuring and gaining powers, totally, totally the way it should be, versus, oh, I'm going to get shit as I go up every level. Fuck that. Way to go, man. Love the episode. Talk to you later. Cheers. Sorry for the swearing. Thank you, Steven. You're damn straight. Just earn that. And you know what? Like I was saying, it's... Hey... You get weird stuff that is not programmed in the book. And hey, and congratulations, as of this recording, I just looked at your Kickstarter, and the Dice Roll Zine Kickstarter is funded. Cannot wait to get this in my little hands. Yes, this spring is going to be cool. I'm going to get lots of cool OSR stuff. I only had the money to back three. The Dice Roll Zine number three, Flactory, and Hunters and Death by Tim Shorts. So, hey... Zine Quest 2, I did not participate as a producer, but I did participate in the way of, well, I wanted to add stuff. All right, and I just screwed up my tracks on Audacity, so this is going to be an interesting episode because I put this track in the wrong place. So hopefully this episode is not going to totally suck butt. So because things are going screwy 
and I'm running late today, and I'm busy today, and this episode is late. We're not going to do the bumper for Tomes of Ancient Forbidden Knowledge. We're just going to go right into reading from Supplement 2, Blackmore. <clears throat> this is going to be a short one, because we're only going to cover one monster. That's right, one monster. How can we cover one monster? Well, guess what? Because it's a very special monster. It's the Sahagwan, or the Sahagwin, or the... Uh, or, as they say, Devilmen of the Deep. Yes, they finally showed up in D&D. You know what? They are a constant threat to man, beast, and fish, are the voracious Sahanguin, whose only friends seem to be the equally voracious and predatory giant sharks. Your only friend is a shark. Okay. Um, although of an intelligence equal to elves in many respects, the Sahagwin have taken and perverted virtually every other aspect of civilization to support their sadistic, cannibalistic culture. That's right, everybody's friends until the cannibalism starts. <clears throat> in the eons past, there was a great flooding of the land, although history does not agree when this occurred, and it may have happened twice. When the ice caps were melted during the great struggle of the gods to control the planet, when the water rose, some of the gods took care that the representative portions of all life were preserved and returned when the waters fell and the land became fruitful again. Noah and the Hark? Hark, it's Noah. <coughs> Others sought to change the nature of life so it could adapt to the new face of the world and at the same time preserve its intelligence. On the one hand, it is said that the sea elves and the mermen were created by the great gods of neutrality and law, while the gods of chaos bent their will to create the Sahanguan. In every aspect, the evil ones sought to make the Sahanguan into the most evil of the evil, and many agree that they succeeded in making a race that fits that bill. So these are the evil of the evil. Despite every other thing that's come up, these are the bad guys. They're deep ones. Oh. <clears throat> Many individual horrors, both on the land and the sea, may have been themselves worse than Sahagwan, but nowhere will there be found a comparable race that, as a whole, retains the worst possible qualities. And the drow going, oh, thank God they're not bitching about us. Oh, God. The fishmen are worse. Creature from the Black Lagoon, sort of. Okay. Uh, everything about them is a myth. Even half of what is said of them is true. They are indeed a terrible threat. The huge leech-like mouth. Yeah, that wasn't really mentioned in modern art, really. The large mouth, leech-like mouth. Large reptilian eyes, because they're fishmen, so they have reptile eyes. And huge ear-like growths on the side of their heads. Get your nose down. Yes, I've been munching on some trail mix, and the dogs are here, and the dogs love peanuts. You love peanuts. You can't get peanuts because there's chocolate with it. I'm at here. Uh, where are we? With almost alien appearance on the upper body are the two arm-like extensions that act as a forward fins and, and, and pincer-like protrusions. So they have pincers, and originally they don't have fingers. <coughs> and it's used to hold tools and weapons. Um, the main body is reptilian in nature, covered in a thick hide, and has a rudimentary tail, which is used much like an alligator tail for steering and propulsion. The two rear legs are about two-thirds of the way down the body, and are long and frog-like. See, that never really came across in the more modern... You know, modern guys, they just like like lizard men of the sea, you know? And again, six-toed web foot with each proves a great stability while standing on the soft sea bottoms and great propulsion while swimming. <coughs> they have an average underwater speed of 18 inches with maximum speed up to 30 inches. So they swim really fast. I don't remember what the conversions are. I'm not going to look it up. <coughs> 
Um, their tough Rutilian hide is similar to leather armor, while their bike and the same two hit dice of damage, so they're two hit die creatures. The mouth, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the mouth can be used to attach itself to and to rend flesh from the victim with its hundreds of razor-sharp teeth. And you can do a tail swipe, like a club, and the pincers can crush anything to an under bony as daggers. Uh, I, I just, I butchered that sentence. I'm sorry, and I'm coughing because I got peanut dust down my throat. The powerful pinchers will crush anything up to and under bony composition they grasp as daggers. Okay, that, once again, old D&D really needed some good editors, or at least some people who understand how to write English. Okay, the back feet can tear apart any victim that is grabbed by the forearms and otherwise act like claws of a powerful animal, so like kind of like a rend. This formal array is aided by the sensitive ears that can pick up underwear noise as slight as a boat's oars cutting through the water at a range of 10 miles. The compound eyes are sensitive to light and can see through darkest depths for up to half a mile. Their disadvantages are that their eyes are generally keep them 100 feet or more below the surface, although at night and during storms they'll reach up to the surface. Their ears are usually damaged by loud noises at close range, and they cannot pick out the sound of swimming creatures of any kind. Um, what else? And they got lots of treasure. They're always layers underground. Um, there's a... We start getting the... the, 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 <coughs> the uh, breakdown of their communities. Um, basically a thousand to ten thousand. Capital city of them has a hundred thousand. Um, and then they break down of for every twenty-five, you know, per ten there's a twenty-five percent chance that there's a hero or a superhero and a fighters. <coughs> oh, and magic users and you know, pet sharks and just making a total pain in the ass to, to go underwater because you're going to get eaten. Alright, these creatures of evil are usually armed with a trident and a net. Despite all those other attacks, they still have tridents and nets. Um, having deadly poison at the tip. And the nets are hooked. Okay, let's see. Brought to the nearest habitation. Although... Um, yeah, but, 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 but. The culture of these creatures is that there is only one king who has only nine princes with lesser positions being held in situations. As the situation and population demands, these leaders are always subject to challenge by any other member of the race for the position of leadership. The leaders are usually quite strong and several are reported to be mutations with four arms. One percent of them are mutants. And they never stop growing throughout their lives, much like Redfile, so the leaders are usually the older members of the species as well. Unsuccessful challengers are always killed, and any cripples that occur during these fights are disposed of, with especially unpopular types of torture or death. <coughs> and yeah, do it alter, blah, blah, blah. Young come from eggs, blah, 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 blah. So, okay, but, but see, this is the old D&D, &D, so the actual game stats are someplace else in the book. So because we went just one creature, let's find the actual game stats that they had. Where are they? Oh, hang on, where are they? Where are they? Where are the freaking game sets on this thing? Okay, they, 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 they stuck them. 
at the beginning of the chapter. Hopefully, where where is it? Because the game stats are in a totally different. There they are. So the actual game sets. All right, number of appearing is 10 to 60. Armor class, 4. Move, 1830. Two hit dice. 30% layer. Treasures, F and A. So, but that's that part. Now we have to go to the other chart here to figure out what their frickin' attacks are. And this is... Okay, number of attacks. 1. 2 to 12 are by weapon type. So despite all the fancy description, they're, they're actually not that tough. Scary, but not that tough. And with that, we're hitting about 20 minutes. And I know it's been a crazy episode because it's been a crazy, what, ep that crazy episode. Crazy week here at the, at the old Casa. I've got more bread to do. I've still got to do my frickin' taxes. Yay. Hopefully I'll get that done tomorrow. And with that, I shall munch on some troll mix and tell you this. Thank you for listening. Please stop by the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash they might be gazebos. Stop by the blog at they might be gazebos.blog. And as I say, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, have fun, snack on some trail mix too, guys. All right. Thanks for listening.